What does filmed for IMAX mean? It isn't just a movie that'll look great on IMAX's screens. It means that hiding from a sandstorm feels like fear in every flicker. And every triumph is felt in every sound wave. And the things we've only imagined, you can truly experience those too. That's what filmed for IMAX means. Get tickets to Experience Dune Part 2 now and IMAX's exclusive expanded aspect ratio. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. This video is sponsored by Babbel. More on them after the reaction, people. What is going on there, citizens of the Reject Nation? We have just been in a much light-hearted, fair mood. So we have decided that we are going to watch this movie today. Thank you for recommending it. Easy A, starring Emma Stone, a.k.a. America's National Treasure, featuring Nicolas Cage. John, you said you've read the book that this is based on or something? I did. Once in high school, I actually read The Scarlet Letter. I don't know what that is, and I have no clue what this movie is about, but I do love Emma Stone and everything I have ever seen her in, so I'm excited to see it. But guys, we got a lot lined up for the month of December, and probably going to be getting all the way into January, so please go ahead, leave a like on this video. That'd be very much appreciated. Be sure to subscribe and click that notification bell to get notified when a reaction for something that is up that piques your interest. Thank you to Prepper for helping us edit down these highlights. And as always, full-length reaction watch along. That's where you sync up with your own copy that is available for Super Sexy Rejects over at our Patreon page. Over there, we cover several things exclusively with highlights and watch-alongs included. John, are you finally ready to see the adaptation you have been chomping at the bit to see actually i got a few more things to say if you don't mind i do mind i gotta oh all right fine just shut up this is a really cool way to do the end credits as an end credits person yeah man going with john's family to see movies growing up like i'm ready to up we're sitting Second, through the though, that last fade out. It's like, we got to get out of here. <laughs> nah, man. Just chill. Just chill. Appreciate. Just before Marvel. <laughs> before Marvel before. made people begrudgingly <laughs> tolerate not paying attention to the credits <laughs> until a scene pops up. Oh, my God. They waved at us. Did you see that? Dude. I think it was Seabiscuit. I think Seabiscuit was my first time with you guys. Oh, that's the movie they jump in with, man. Woo. It's like, gosh, we're we're not leaving. 
<laughs> Sorry. Still mad at your family about it. And now you do it ironically whenever we go to the theaters out of spite for me. Totally miss who wrote the movie. And there's no other way to find out. Years of doing YouTube and still don't know how to find out who wrote movies. Someone's going to come up with like a database someday that'll have every movie in it. There's going to be something at the end of this road. Oh, they're going to slowly enter the gates of hell. Yes, because hell is between <laughs> here and the Orient, as was established earlier. Uh-huh. Hello there, esteemed viewer of The Real Rejects. I, Greg Alba, language connoisseur and worldly gentleman, am here to bestow upon you the secrets of Babel, the language app that transforms mere mortals into linguistic gods in just three weeks. Why Babel, you inquire? My dear friends, in this age of monolingual mundanity, 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 Babel is our beacon of hope, crafted by an army of over 150 languages experts, their lessons are like linguistic caviar. Rich, refined, and oh so satisfying. Personal tale of triumph. I once whispered sweet nothings in Spanish, or for the layman, Espanol, to my wife. Courtesy of Babel. Her reaction, well I'll tell you, she was utterly bewitched. Greg, you silver-tongued devil. No paraphrase. She exclaimed such vocabulary as I basked in the glory of my perfect pronunciation. Because Babel isn't just about learning words. It's about embracing the art of conversation with podcasts, live classes, and a veritable smorgasbord of interactive lessons. I know the words I'm saying. And their speech recognition? It's like having a personal language butler. Ensuring every syllable is impeccably crisp. Now brace yourselves for an offer of monumental proportions. Here's a special limited, limited, time. limited time deal for our viewers and listeners to get you started right now. Get 55% off your Babbel subscription. But again, only for our viewers at babbel.com slash rejects. 55% off at babbel.com slash rejects. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash rejects. Rules and restrictions may apply. Join me, the Greg Alba, the adventure of language mastery at Babbel. We shall not just learn no, nay, we shall conquer the world of communication. Or as they say in Spanish, comunicación. <laughs> We're done with this ad. Alrighty, time to get a little bit serious. So around the holiday season, we often focus on getting gifts for others, but it's also important to consider the gifts that we give to ourselves. Personally, I've found that maintaining mental health balance is a continuous journey. Because like I mentioned before, I've been diagnosed with type 2 bipolar, ADHD, and PTSD. And in a lot of ways, I've also grown up in the last few years on camera with you guys. And therapy has been a crucial part of my life before the channel even. And like many of you, my anxiety and depression seems to magnify this time of year. Still don't quite understand the winter blues, but it does. However, therapy does help me navigate the ups and downs and stay grounded for the most part. And while I have my own approach to therapy, I understand everyone's path is unique. And that's why we are proud to be sponsored by BetterHelp this week. It's an online platform that makes therapy accessible and tailored to your needs. And I know a few people who have discovered therapy via BetterHelp and it has been transformative. You start with a questionnaire that helps match you with a licensed therapist. And the best part, and an important part, you can switch therapists anytime, ensuring the right fit for you. BetterHelp is all about convenience and flexibility. It fits into your schedule and it's all online. So whether you're looking to start therapy for the first time or continue your journey, BetterHelp can be a great option. So in the season of giving, remember to give yourself what you need to. With BetterHelp, take that step towards your better self. So you can visit BetterHelp.com slash RealRejects for 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash RealRejects. Take care and stay healthy, Reject Nation. Happy holidays. Bert V. Royal wrote this movie. We all know Bert V. Royal. Love Bert V. Royal. He wrote Big Hero 6, which you can definitely see kind of... He was additional crew on Big Hero 6. Because it's laced throughout. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Certain a lot of TV. Yeah. Will Gluck. Yeah, I was going to say, where else have I heard his name? 
Oh, he did Friends with Benefits. That was a great movie. And Peter Rabbit, everyone loved. And the Annie with uh, Jamie Foxx. John. Oh, yeah. John. What's up, dude? Did it, did it live up as someone who is a fanatic yes. over the Scarlet Letter? Did it uh, live up to the hype? Yeah, this is pretty you? much a one-to-one adaptation, you know? Yeah. And uh, I'm really pleased with how literary it was, you know, keeping all of the original, uh, you know, dialogue from the book mm-hmm. and all those recognizable Ojai locations that Nathaniel Hawthorne was writing about at the time. I like that they really just went there instead of doing it on a volume or, or you know, CGIing against green screens or whatever. Uh, and uh, I think this is like if you ever have, like she says in the movie, like watch the original movie and not the Demi Moore one. I think you could just watch Easy A if you ever have to do a book report. Oh, for on, sure. Uh, um, Scarlet Letter, and then you know you'll know per- everything you need to know. So uh, yeah, I think this was perfect. Actually. Enough with the uh, sardan- sardonic quips, sardonic yeah. cast. Uh, no, I, I had a <laughs> great time with it. This was cool. I mean, you know, obviously uh, there are a, a lot of man voices uh authoring this movie uh but i i really well like, that's what made it accessible for a man to watch that's why we enjoyed it as stories. much as like, we did like yeah. this is how women should be interpreted yes yes if, if thank if, you if tina fey had written this count me out but i would be like this is not at all <laughs> I don't, woman. now you're just preaching what, messages what, i can't understand what anyone is saying um, nah, like, <laughs> I, I really enjoyed the way this came together, and I like, like, uh, this, uh, raunchy sex comedies can go either way for me, like, I, I can easily enjoy one, but it's not, like, my go-to genre necessarily, and I like that this is a sex comedy about the concept rather than the actual thing, which is the actual act, mm. uh, which I think is part of what gives it such a lovely edge and and gives it the opportunity to inhabit so many layers and nuances and stuff because it's like breezy and fun in so many ways and it's like the perfect concept but i think it's also a lovely twist on the story the book because that's a lot more straightforward and this is yeah like it starts out as a fun kind of prospect that then goes wrong and spirals way out of control and i think it's a great blend of when they take a piece of literature as they have with many movies, you know, like I think She's the Man is another one of those and Clueless is one of those. And, and there are a lot of movies that borrow directly from like Jane Austen or Shakespeare or whatever um, and are kind of doing it. But Harry, just Harry it, Potter. Yeah, Harry Potter. Definitely they borrow from uh, the Harry Potter. books. Yeah. Zack Snyder's Rebel Moon. Same thing. It was going to be uh, <laughs> I liked that this instead of just interpreting the source material. Instead of interpreting a source material and making it modern and using like just the straight building blocks of that, this took a clear touchstone in the Scarlet Letter and played into it, but played off of it as mm. well in a way that I think, not to slight any of those other movies because I love some of those movies, but I, I like that this like, did uh, that. Prisoner of Azkaban. Pris- Prisoner of Azkaban totally is is young mm-hmm. uh, old Goodman Brown. <laughs> old short story I read once upon a time. Uh, I yeah, I like that this did that, and then went the extra step of, and you have all the eighties movies influences in there too. So it, yeah, it does a riff on the thing, but without only uh, doing that thematically. It built on and and went a bunch of different directions from, and I think that's that makes helps to make it kind of rich and nice. Mm -hmm. And having it posed through her perspective and following, yeah, this sort of meta sex comedy journey of 
of again the idea much more so than the actual act. I don't know. Like it, it could be raunchier. Obviously, it's not an R-rated comedy, but like this is the kind of flavor I very much kind of lock into and gravitate toward when it comes to a movie like this because there is a fair amount of raunchy subject matter and whatnot, but it also has like a wholesome heart at the core that feels very clear and not like it's tacked into the movie or like it's working in spite of how crude or whatever it wants to be. Like, I thought it was really well-tempered. What did you think, sir? Uh, Yeah, I think that we could have used some, like, Nudity with them is nice. Yeah, man. It's called easy. Hey. Yeah. Easy A for easy ass, ass. shots. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and I gotta say, um, as of as a viewer, disappointed. Didn't believe any of it. As a pretentious film snob, was really impressed. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially uh-huh. the restraint to not show the easy ass shots. Yeah. <laughs> that that were high school deleted. character. <laughs> she wasn't in high school when it was made, right? She's going to be... Uh, None of these actors are... She <laughs> dropped out of Sucker Punch to do this movie. Did she really? According to his IMDb fact right there. I would say that worked out. So I, that just I made me go... I would say that that... I wonder if Jenna Malone then from Saved, <laughs> yeah. which is a similar but not quite the same comedy, stepped into Sucker Punch. There you go. Perfect. I haven't seen Sucker Punch. Nor have I. I can't imagine that this probably exercises her acting talents better than everything I've ever heard about it. Nah, Sucker Punch. man. In Sucker Punch, she's going to have to, would have had to have I like, got been those a samurai easy a shots I was looking for. She would have in the shortest possible. She said that thing about her skirt never going uh, above her fingers. Yeah. And, and, you know, like, not the case in Sucker Punch, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've I've always heard good things about this movie and that it was a surprisingly good film and this was this came out at the time when um what, 2010? Yeah, yeah, because we, we used to get like a bunch of raunchy R-rated comedies, yeah. like the boom of Apatow films. Sure. And that sort of changed comedy as we know it, like the Will Ferrell, which which had a lot of appetite produced, but eventually he wasn't producing every Will Ferrell movie. But the well, Will, Will Ferrell is yeah is, is a much more farcical heightened thing yeah. than Apatow is yeah. You had the and then Apatow was like, let them improvise and we'll make a movie. Let's you know? make it realer. Yeah, sort so of. I'm always happier when I see something. You know, like there's that joke and I can't find anything about like the Phil Lord. Might have just been coincidence, honestly, uh, about Phil Lord and Chris Miller, and. What I love about this kind of comedy is the sharpness and how it's like made made like an actual film. It's really composed. You gotta get the sense of like it's got like an action director or something because there's yeah. so much style to it and there's like substance behind the filmmaking. Yeah, you know, energy. and yeah, that everything seems very purposeful and thought out prior to shooting. Instead of let's just hire funny people, let them be funny. And then we'll make a movie out of it. And then we'll yeah. do some basic coverage. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they thematically thought everything. Like, as a script, it all starts with the script, right? And as a script, I think it's a very, very solid screenplay. This movie is only 90 minutes long. And the characters are so well thought out. I mean, Emma Stone is uh, overhyped, you know? <laughs> she can't act. Every time I see her something, I'm like, God, I can't stand this Hate her not. She's uh she's she's an icon. She's like great Terrific. in everything, and she just seems like like I can't think of another actor who 
who who I would say another actress, especially who I would say is like it just seems so natural like that. When people say like girl next door or relatable or or just doesn't sound like they're reading from a script, whatever. Like she's given and especially in a movie like this where she's given these lines of dialogue where even sometimes I'm like, wait a minute, what was that word me? You know, like I'm some of the characters in this movie going, uh, yeah, I mean, not my head because there's a camera pointing at me and I'll laugh. But sometimes I'm also going, I'm not. I'm not sure I know what that means, but I think I understand. <laughs> you know? You're laughing like, with the energy and then thinking back to the actual content of the words. Yeah, yeah and, and I, I love the representation of that kind of character uh, in this film because uh, you know you normally wouldn't see that. A lot of times that level of wit and that wide range of it, this, this crazy vernacular, you would not really see it in a way that just is a part of the character that doesn't draw a draw an obnoxious amount of attention to it like it's just the way she talks you know and then sometimes there'll be scenes where people will be like what does that mean and i think that's appropriate but more often than not they're not just um and it's not like she's the odd one in the family too who's like that she's you can like commit to the bit family (laughs) i mean you could see the way with the way her parents are, are uh are drawn in this movie of why she is the way she is. And I like how it was formed in a supportive, loving manner. And even though she is an outcast and the odd one out, and it does not really blend in with the crowd, it, like she's the furthest thing from a cliche high school girl, and and she doesn't care to fit in with the norm. Yet none of that, I feel like in a typical movie, like you might have like one wacky parent or something like that. And you really, I think they go against the grain here on how she is formed the way she is because her parents are also kind of odd. They got strange idiosyncrasies, but like just, just above they're, they're weird. They, they are weird, but in a way that feels like believable for the world that's constructed here. Yeah. And they're also very accepting and they, they also have a lot of intelligence and sophistication as well that comes out in the way they speak. Vocabulary is a big part of their household when they are just conversing with each other. Mm-hmm. And I I love that they had that they had that done in a way that where most movies I think there would have been a bit of uh she's liked the way she is because she is like liberal rebellious girl or some bullshit i don't know so i'm making up like the terrible version that you would more than likely hmm. see right the, yeah the obnoxious version of this yeah 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 and and i i think it, this movie just had a great heart about it because even like all this stuff they, they found they managed to make a like a solid pg-13 sex comedy that felt you were like raunchier and vulgar more vulgar than it actually is yeah um but they never show you or do anything or ever go hard R R with their language whatsoever. Yeah. And there's like no strong language. And it's all rooted in this, this woman who's, who just finds herself compelled to do things out of the kindness of her heart. But then eventually things go dark for her when it starts, when she starts acting on it for other reasons where she is just like, I want, the gift cards i want the money and yeah. yeah but but when it is just from the kindness of her heart you know it, it's not as terrible for her yeah, yeah. It, it it nicely represents yeah something that's like a kind of wild but but tangible and sort of sweet idea then sort of spiraling out of control after a while or yeah getting big enough to a point that then there are too many 
branches of it to you know contain and i thought they yeah orchestrated not that it's uh as harsh as like the contrast of a boogie nights but it kind of has that thing of like you know hey this is starting out you know pretty good opportunity for me to yeah increase my social clout and also make a little money and then and then yeah shit becomes too real and i like the way they spread things out too because there's that whole bit where she's like you know this is where i became a home wrecker and it's not until a while later that that ties all together and, yeah. and 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 yeah it's like it gives you enough time to it plants seeds it gives you enough time to forget and 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 the movie just kind of lives in what feels like a very natural pace after that and i think it has a nice blend of height versus earnest sincerity because like especially in the dialogue and no shade i, I know some people get very upset over stuff like juno no shade to I like Juno, but that is a, an example of a movie where it's like all the dialogue is hyper stylized. And this movie has some of that and it's very apparent with her family. But I think it has just enough of it, but not enough that it boils over into yeah. like this is a complete, you know, sort of comic strip now or well, something. They, like they that. assign it to the right characters. Yeah, there's yeah. the right <laughs> amount of whimsy placed in the right spots for the most part there were there were very few if any like characters or dynamics that didn't feel like they fit even if they like the family to me is is one of the broader parts or or toward the broader end of the spectrum but yeah. like their shared energy really just felt like everyone playing off of each other in the moment like and and they had such lovely energy collectively that that yeah like even if there were times where i was like how did you get the most perfect parents ever? <laughs> but at the same time, that's that's part of the charm. I thought they were used nicely, and so oh, like, yeah, because there's no, it's not like, it's not like a, they never do a more like, here's my traumatic flashback. Yeah, you know? yeah, here's the thing we don't talk about. That's secretly, the reason we're secretly dysfunctional. Yeah, here's my wound. You know, yeah, yeah. But her identity still feels very specific. Totally, as opposed to rooting it in trauma, which yeah. is kind of weirdly refreshing because well, it roots yeah. it in things that are more tangible like the discomfort of yeah being at a party with a bunch of kids and and being kind of introduced to ideas that obviously everyone's like fascinated by but you don't quite understand you're learning about you know all the, all the birds and bees stuff and uh and that whole thing with the storks doing the kiss yeah them them making the promise after the spin the <laughs> bottle and and the the uh kiss the lie about the kiss uh, like those are real things or those are yeah th these are things that aren't as huge world rending stakes like in adult life but like yeah when you're in when, junior high or you're mm -hmm. in high school yeah these things are important and they do affect how your whole social interaction goes well, well that's why i love the shots when they're saying that the rumors spread like wildfire yeah. they make it feel like a city yeah you know and, and this, so while in adult life you're dealing with a city a lot of the time yeah Sometimes it's just like the office workplace or whatever. Um, more often than not, every, everywhere is a high school. Uh, it is. It's true. I think. Did you hear that from Josh when we were younger? That's what I heard that Maybe. from. Josh Probably. told me that when we were younger. Yeah. He said, "When you grow up, you realize every, everywhere is a high school." And that that always stuck with me. Yeah. As a homeschooled student, always stuck with me. Yeah, you didn't miss as much as you thought you did because yeah, you go anywhere like, with yeah, enough people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, everywhere is a high school. That always stuck with me when I heard that. Um, and and yeah, but they do make it feel like a little city uh, at all times. So it's not really about because like you know you could 
you can have it be about there's a sky beam happening and the world's going to end, but it doesn't make the stakes feel any real or tangible. Yeah. It's just about uh, selling the audience on the importance and the significance of the emotionality to the characters. And, and I think this movie does a great job at that. You know, uh, and with struggles that I don't really know, like you can empath- I can empathize with a lot of it, but like the guy who's dealing with uh, being gay in high school, like I don't know what that's like, yeah, and and and, and what the I, 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 last time I get my updates of what high school might be like from what I hear people talk about in movies, yes. like Twenty One Jump Street was like the last high school movie I've yeah, seen. Like, totally. <laughs> so like, uh, maybe that maybe gay people aren't as trounced down in in, in uh, California. Mm. You know, I'm no, I've been like many other parts of America for sure, but maybe in like North Hollywood. <laughs> I feel like it's more different now yeah. than even in 2010. Like uh, that's I, what I mean. I, yeah, I think there. Are, I, I'm sure that people still struggle. I just don't know. I don't know. I'm not gonna act like I know. Uh, I think the I the world as we know it is probably it is probably like a Twenty One Drum Street thing where like it, we live in a world where it's safer than ever, relatively speaking, to come out. But I gotta imagine that high school is still a harsh place, and people are always making gay yeah. jokes anyway, especially at that age. So like, yeah, it's it's. I feel like that will always be. Until there's no, uh, you know, friction in society, that'll always be a sort of relevant thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, even with her character and uh, the, the the sexual pressures that that you experience, I, mean, I can identify with that. You know, when like you have friends around you who are experiencing stuff and and going through the motions in life, and and you're not, mm-hmm. and you don't really understand your identity or emotional association when it comes to these things mm. and uh, like wh- how, how do i and sometimes you get older you still don't really understand or know and it's a constant discovery yeah. you know like so I, I i get that it uh i i understand that aspect of it so there's still things to relate on um so yeah there's a lot of great things i love about it but we should talk about some things that i thought were kind of on the a bit of a dip I do think Penn Badgley feels the most cliche out of any character here. He's the only one where I feel like there's nothing. Like, you are exactly this guy in this genre of movie. (laughs) Yeah, and we don't really get to know you beyond the archetype. And I could see a defense for that's the point. Because by the end, he is the embodiment of... Of the kind of fantasy boyfriend she would want, who's doing all the amalgamation of eighty things at the end. But if you look at the characters that Emma Stone is riffing on, uh, uh, the characters Emma Stone is, is citing of the kind of guys, they all have personalities that are all distinct from each other. <laughs> yes. So I would go against that defense, assuming that is someone's defense for why Penn Badgley's character is severely underwritten you yeah know? yeah i i enjoyed his presence most certainly but because he's pen badgley he's charming yeah naturally yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah but but i i can't uh i can't disagree i mean i don't find myself longing for like a bunch of extra scenes but at the same time yeah he is uh the least fleshed and the least he gets the least opportunity to like i don't know kind of be a real person because I think they're they do make some interesting like the it feels movie. like a ghost. <laughs> yes, <laughs> he, he, he kind of. I get what you mean. Or like an imaginary, just, yeah. yeah, like a hallucination. Or just always kind of. shows up to be like, hey, 
I accept you. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Every my, scene. <laughs> it's my inner voice telling me yeah. I have self-worth. Uh, I, yeah. I, I think it's interesting, too, because they they bothered to... new Like, it doesn't get dark or traumatic in a lot of ways, but they do bother to nuance certain things. Like, I I, I appreciate that the one guy... The second guy who comes to her is like, uh, Brandon told me what you did. Like, that guy, they play with in a way where by the end it's kind of clear like no th- this guy kind of sucks you, there's a lot of like uh, relatable and, and kind of uh, pitiable things about him but the, at the ultimate end of the day his attitude is a, is a bad one where it yeah. counts and you also get the moment with the guy where they go to the lobster restaurant and everything and that is like you know it, it gets close to being a kind of harsh scenario it is could have been much more harsh um, and so, like, even those small characters get a bit of flesh. John, I'm going to interrupt you. What is this thing that keeps happening on the OBS? We have an OBS that's happened with Aaron and Andrew when they were filming. And there's this, like, big thumbs up thing pops up. Just keep this in the video. I've shit never seen that in here. my life. It just it keep, <laughs> it keep, it completely puts our backup recording on pause. And I have no idea what the fuck that is. Oh, good. I wonder, like, if there oh, is a way to, like, take a photo of it and and explain to someone at Apple support. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, totally. Like, hey, this shit just keeps happening, and it completely, it, it, like, it, I, I have no idea why it pops up, or see, now it's completely frozen. Oh, good. Um, uh, yeah, it's a pain in the ass. Great question. I don't know. I'll anyway, look into that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what were you saying? Well, just that those those more. What is that? It did it again? We saw it in real time form. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I have no idea what I've that never is. Seen it's that it's like a thumbs life. up, being like, "We're it's here to bubble? freeze you." Yeah, yeah, great job. <laughs> I love like, your video, it's no, done. No, your thumbs the up. Videos is, does. You did a good job. I've You're never, done. I've never had a thumbs up actually be like a threat. Yeah. <laughs> or at least a, a dismaying, like you know, uh, crowbar thrown into the gears, the wrench thrown. Fuck into happened gears. here. Oh uh, man, it's annoying. Let's try it. Let's see if it does it again. It's not doing it now. Hold on, let me try this. Maybe it's because I opened this. I don't know. No, Your AirPods no. are always grabbing the computer some somehow. Someplace. Yeah, I mean it's not now though. See? Yeah. I don't. I don't take out my AirPods when people are filming because of that shit. That's a hazard. Yeah. Apple's like, connect everything. Everything must connect, <laughs> and it's going to happen now. <laughs> yeah, because, it's, I mean, to be fair, you know, it's all also like if you wanted to just connect them independently, it would probably lead to research of how to do it, <laughs> especially the way they remix their controls. Anyhow. What, what were you saying about I, I was uh, saying those, characters? Those small characters, characters <laughs> even get like some weird little amount of flesh. Yeah. Uh, and and again, I, I very much enjoyed Penn Badgley, but he oddly is maybe the most sort of fantasy character, you know, in, in that. Because even the parents... Who again do border on that have a lot of really lovely, earnest, heartfelt nuance and and like actual kind of guiding yeah, spirit. I, mean, I, I felt like they didn't make, they mean for for a character like Emma Stone, especially who is such a uh, a very specific type of personality, uh, like she's very detailed uh, and. They, they and like, she she kind of goes for like the most cliche. <laughs> yeah. Well, she goes to the first guy who's just a good guy. <laughs> yeah, uh, not a good, not a trademark good guy, but just like, like an actual 
decent person, it seems. Yeah, I'm like, I didn't really get a sense of like the how their friendship has gestated over the years. I just don't really got a good sense of his personality, other than he's like a nice guy. Well, they ride most of the stuff with him on that flashback, so I feel like... Yeah, yeah, that was my one, one concern. And, and I yeah. think Amanda Bynes is good. I think she's good. It is the part of the movie that would... What I liked that the movie actually did that surprised me was because they were doing the whole thing with like making fun of like fanatical Christians, right? And and then they had a moment, this section of the film where she decides to try to understand. Mm-hmm. You know, she's like going to the churches, she's trying to get answers. She wants to, she wants to actually understand the point of view. Yeah, and I thought that was cool to include that, and they kind of. Go back on that, you know, with the whole like well, Fred Armisen, and, uh, and I thought I yeah, thought more but, would come of that a because of that they bothered to get yeah. him, and and b that is an interesting idea. Like I thought the movie was gonna give a thoughtful, yeah, piece of advice from him, and maybe subvert that. Exp- I liked his per- the joke of his performance, but I did kind of, I was maybe hoping for a little bit of like, well, I have all this it, it, friction with. Amanda Bynes, but like her dad is actually living up to the spirit of what he's trying to preach, you know, by yeah. trying to help me out, you know, or something like that. And I, so I, I liked that she was like searching for the point of view, which was a, a, a real surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, it did become a little too cartoony for me, though, at times when when they would cut to the fanatical Christians. They yeah, they are the they are uh, a bit of a punch line or or you could argue they're punching a little not not in a very mean way but they're kind of punching down. they're a thousand percent punching <laughs> yeah. yeah they're one million percent punches yeah when it when he whips out that guitar and the one guy starts singing like yeah. I, it's funny but also i mean yeah they are they are like they're not giving as much of that here's a bit of nuance and personality to balance these people out and to help you see past the stereotype yeah. that so many other characters are getting the benefit of the doubt of or and you will lose that in a runtime sure bottom line like you sure you will <laughs> yeah yeah pair these people down um but for everything that we got that is positives it, it, oh and also i thought that they i love the uh, the early jokes with the adopted kid and i like how there's something about me that really likes just how simple and accepting of a situation it is like they don't try to make a whole storyline out of it they don't try to have these like extra scenes they did set him up to be a character a character though <laughs> and, it, and nothing becomes of that it's just it's just oh yeah. but the part of me likes that because he is it is there is again there's something refreshing about hey it's 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 not a secret it's very open he's adopted they make fun of it because he's like the black kid in the family, you know. I think and, it, yeah. It's like I think it might have, to me. I think partly is the family. Again, I know I've said it a couple times. Feels a bit more broad than some of the other characters and elements of the movie. And I think that well, they that, feel like hippies without being hippies. Yeah, without being too like, much like of the hippies hippie from yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like high functioning adjusted hippies, and and, and <laughs> yeah, like good careers and everything. Yeah, and I thought, I guess the thing with the brother is that it becomes only that, and like that's such like a meme of their family that I stopped thinking of him as an actual character yeah and like their whole their whole rapport on screen in this movie is just them making adoption jokes which is funny which is great but i was hoping maybe that a they would like he and emma stone would have some kind of 
anything or mm. like a scene together or something that can kind of help his eyeline because he's clearly privy to all this stuff that she's doing at least to some extent, and maybe he doesn't understand it all. And again, it's probably one of those things that you would cut for runtime. But I was kind of thinking like, oh man, if we could get like a scene or a moment that, you know, uh, does something for his journey, because he's going to be walking into, you know, the lion's den of high school and all that soon enough, you know. Uh, I don't know. I thought, yeah, some kind of bonding or some kind of other beat for him, aside from we're going to make a few jokes with you at the beginning and then about third of the way through, halfway through, mm. we're not really, you're just going to be in the background if you're here at all. <laughs> you Check know? it out for anagrams. Pendergast is an anagram for pretend shag. <laughs> oh, I thought that was wow. a real unique name, wasn't it? Yeah, I've heard it before. It's a real name. But yes, that's, I bet they chose it just for that. <laughs> Emma Stone had an asthma attack during the fake sex scene. Oh, no. Amanda Bynes uh, decided to quit acting after watching herself in this film. This is it. This is the movie. <laughs> Did it really say that? Yeah. Jennifer Lawrence originally auditioned for the role of Olive. I can see that. And then she did uh, the... No Hard Feelings. The, no Hard Feelings. Yes, I was going to call it Sex Drive, but that's uh, not the right So movie. apparently, like, the original script of this was a hard R. 41 F words. S word 13 times and C word three times. Um, I'm just reading, like, yeah, this is a man of This ben. was originally going to be a super bad... I, I like that this didn't have to be super bad. Uh, yeah, yeah. Because it's very much adjacent to, and it complements a movie like Super Bad. But I thought, yeah, this. I don't know. This this felt like. Oh, everyone in the family is named after food. <laughs> sure. Okay. Uh, yeah. There's so many fun little details. It, it's like even though there there might have been things I was we you know we've talked about a couple of the gripes, but I thought that for what this movie is it felt like kind of all it needed to be at least on like oh a spider-man connection oh was it, was, was, was thomas hayden church sandman of course <laughs> and and he was in no way home with andrew garfield and he was in spider-man with emma stone and now they're yeah. connected it's perfect um but uh but yeah like this i didn't miss the r rating in this like no, not, I, at all. I, not at all so I, like it felt like that intentionally was, pg-13 yeah, and I think it works. Like, I think it's appropriate this. for. It doesn't be. feel like they edited it down. Yeah. It feels like they changed it in the script first and then made it, which is what they did. And it feels like, even though high school kids swear a lot anyway, like it felt yeah. appropriate for this. And I think the use of slang words like slut and other things still carry a harshness that feels like you're doing a real curse, even if it's not the same thing. Yeah. You know? Listen, John, it's really late. <laughs> Can we end this night. video, please? Yeah, let's do it. All righty, guys. Well, thank you so much for being here. Um, be sure to uh, leave your thoughts down below on what you think about Easy A. Thank you to our sponsors. A great way to support the channel. Let's go support the sponsors. Let them know who sent you. And uh, if you're listening to this on Apple and Spotify, please go ahead and rate this video. And I think that's it for today. Thank you guys so much. We'll talk to you all soon. Peace. What would you do to achieve the American dream? The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would they shot? Would they shot? Would you kill? Yes. <laughs> I'm dead. 
From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal, comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts, or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.